Welcome back, folks. You will recall that in the first half of the 11 o'clock hour, we spend time uh, with members of the NOLA Coalition. And there are so many different ways and perspectives of trying to make a difference in our community each and every day. And we try to cover this whole continuum and broad spectrum of what folks are doing. And today's no different. We are joined by Valerie Jefferson, president of the Women of Action, ATU Women's Caucus of NOLA, as well as James Gray, NAACP leader of ACT SO. So, Valerie and uh, James, welcome to the show. And, Valerie, let, let's start with you. If you would tell us a little bit about your organization and what you guys do. Good afternoon, Noel, and thank you so much for having us today. We really, really appreciate it. I am the leader of... Uh, Women of Action, ATU Local 1560 Women Caucus of NOLA. We are the employees in the operation department. We drive the streetcars, the, the RTA buses, the paratransit. We keep this city moving. We focusing on um, uh, keeping the uh, drivers safe. Uh, we educate them. We uh, have different trainings. Uh, we partner with other uh, organizations that's in the city for the health care of the drivers, um, the physical, mental health. We also go a little further than that. We are connected with the the uh, political world of New Orleans. We are connected with the NAACP. We are members of the NAACP in New Orleans. That's why I asked uh, Mr. Gray to join me today, because we focus on safety and getting the vote out, getting uh, getting the youth involved. Uh, right now, the NAACP EXO are having a scholarship resource. Uh, we're trying to get some finance for our youth so they can further their education and in the college uh, for they could grow up to be productive citizens as well as um, uh, doing everything safe. So we are doing two things. Noel, uh, uh, right now we are doing two things. We are about the safety of the drivers and to get some finance for our youth. Yep. Well, let's bring James Gray on. James, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice to be here. So, James, tell us about, um, I think, about the NAACP and, and in particular the program AXO. Okay, and, and I'm going to just talk to you about AXO. NAACP does a lot of stuff. I'm in one little corner right. <laughs> working with uh, AXO, <laughs> which, uh, which stands for uh, African American Culture, Technical, and Scientific Olympics. Uh, essentially, uh, we have a local competition uh, in the arts and in the sciences, uh, there are actually 32 categories for the local competition. And the winners of the local competition then go to a national competition. This year, the national competition is going to be in Las Vegas. Last year, the national competition was in Boston. And last year, the city of New Orleans won more slots uh, at the national level than any other city in the United States of America. Well, congratulations. Uh, uh, That's great news. Uh, it is great news. And, uh, you know, stuff like public speaking. Now, we actually, someone said we had an advantage, but we were first placed in the nation in the culinary competition, which is one of the 32 areas. But we had public speakers. We had essay writers. We had poetry writers. Um, uh, dramatic performers, dancers, singers, 
instrumentalist. Um, uh, it, it's too many areas for me to mention them all, but uh, if you look at the NAACP national website, they will talk about the categories. And uh, we think it's a great experience. We had over 150 kids who worked for the local competition, and we had 18 persons coming out of the local competition who qualified for the nationals. And we took those uh, people to Boston, and uh, out of the 18 possibilities, we won seven national medals, uh, which, and, uh, which is great. Now, go ahead. No, go ahead, uh, James. I'm sorry. And I was about to say, now, one of the other things we're trying to do, there is a, a scholarship connected with this program, and unfortunately, over my objection, is just for women. Uh, it's an essay writing contest, and uh, 40 women nationwide will get a $10,000 uh, scholarship out of that. And that's not controlled by us, but it comes through the AXO program. However, we decided we would make an effort to make people aware of other scholarship opportunities. And actually, when you look at it, there are tons of them out there that we think kids and parents just don't know about. So as an aside, uh, we're trying to make sure that we can be a conduit to uh, give information to parents and kids about scholarships that are possible um, for college. And, and, and we're it, in the middle of doing that now. Is this kind of the connect uh, between you, AXO, and what Ms. Jefferson is doing with ATU Women's Caucus? Well, uh, yes, it is. And, 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 and Ms. Jefferson, uh, it, you know, they are also members of NAACP, but, but they've brought a lot of active manpower uh, that we need. Uh, the first big problem for us is just to recruit the kids to compete. Uh, yeah. This program has been around for 40 years, and the truth is I didn't know about it until two years ago. Um uh, but it's a great program, but uh, kids just need to compete. And the truth of the matter is, whereas I say we only had 18 winners to go to Boston, uh, I think the 150 kids who competed all benefited oh, because sure. they worked hard on projects trying to be that number one kid to go to Boston. And all of them improved themselves and, and, and were better off uh, for the effort. And and Ms. Jefferson. No, I was I was wondering the age groups. I lost y'all for a second. I didn't hear the answer, but but go ahead. Okay, the age group is uh, ninth through twelfth grade for the actual okay. program. And uh, uh, actually, for, for what it's worth, we allowed A graders to compete, but we can't take A graders to nationals because the national age group is ninth through twelfth grade. Right. So, Valerie, uh, Ms. Jefferson, if you would describe, um, you know, I know that a lot of this is about these scholarship opportunities, um, your experience thus far and where you hope to grow uh, this uh, coordination and affiliation with AXO. Oh, yes. Um, thank you for asking that, Noel. With AXO, with the scholarship, the, the students are – our uh, next generation will have the financial uh, stability to 
uh, go to higher education without worrying about the money. They can focus on their studies. They can get active in their community, in the church. They can be more positive uh, instead of worrying about the finance. Uh, because, as you know, that you know, if you get higher education, it's cost. It, it will cost yeah. the student. It will cost the the parents. Uh, the parents will have to work overtime. That take away time for their child. And uh, we're just trying to be a help to um, the NAACP to Axel uh, in this endeavor of getting more finance for the students. And also, the Women Caucus, we are members of the NAACP. We are the Labor Committee. Uh, we focus on labor in New Orleans. Uh, at this time, we focus on safety of the employee rights on their jobs uh, for better um I want to say for better or working place conditions. And when you get better working place condition for that parent of that student, guess what? That parent will be better parents for their child and they'll be home better raising their child, spending a quality time with their child. And that's why we partner with uh, James in this endeavor. No doubt. I say that all the time. Folks that are kind of at the lower end of the economic spectrum, um, they're not nimble. Right. They're not they're not able to do certain things. I mean, a lot of times those choices are a meal on the table or, you know, uh, leaving work. Uh, and that's right. That's, and, and these are very tough choices uh, to make. I've seen them. I've seen people that have had to make those choices. And um, we can try to downplay that as much as we uh, want to. But it's real and, and it exists. James, in working with the kids in, in AXO, what do you hear that uh, are the most difficult things for them to overcome? Well, I, I tell you my biggest surprise, and, and, and we cover, as I say, 32 areas. One of the areas is poetry, uh, essay writing, and public speaking. Uh, I'm an old black man who is shocked at the pain I hear these kids express in their writings and in their poetry. Uh, uh, many of our kids uh, feel as if they're in a tough situation and and they're in a world that does not care a lot about them. And, and, and that struck me when I listened to their poetry, I listened to the essays, um, uh, and the truth of the matter is um, I've spent a lot of time with kids. Uh, most of my time historically was with kids in sports, and we traveled the country taking kids to competitions. And it has been clear to me that this area does not care for its kids the way most areas in the United States do. And it starts with just the resources we make available to them. Uh, we can go right to Baton Rouge, and the playgrounds are so much nicer, so much better equipped, so much better maintained. But it's really interesting when we go to Port Gibson, Mississippi, and roll up to a high school that before Katrina was nicer than any of the public schools we had in the city. Now, I say before Katrina because the truth of the matter is we've gotten some great facilities since Katrina. Yes. If you go to Carver High to McDonald 35 to uh, uh, 
uh, Martin Luther King High, yes. you'll be shocked and impressed by what a great facility it is. Yes. But in many cases, we're not utilizing them adequately. Uh, we're so used to not having things, perhaps, that, that we don't see what's available. I think right now in the city, there's a lot available to the kids. There are a lot of opportunities. Our problem is to make them aware of those opportunities and to make them believe that they can take advantage of them. That is not for some special people somewhere else, but that they can take advantage of them. Um, you know, it's interesting. Let me bounce this off ahead. of you. I've always said that, you know, you, you mentioned Port Gibson. I'm familiar with that. I, I deer hunted there for a number of years. I spent time in that community over there. It's north of Natchez, Mississippi. Um, I guess it's pretty safe to say it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, but, but you high school. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you walk, you, you you go up to the high school there, and it looks like a college campus, right? I mean, it's it's Correct. pretty incredible, uh, in in many respects. But the one difference that I find and I see, uh, and and Port Gibson is a very poor area of Mississippi, uh, is that you have parent advocates. I mean, the parents are engaged. It seems to start right there. They they're they're pushing the edges of the envelope every day uh, for their kids. Uh, is that a fair characterization? I agree with you 100%. First of all, the NAACP, all the little organizations can do all they want to do. The real change in our society will come about if we can convince parents that they need to and that they have the power to make a difference in the lives of their kids. Uh, the, uh, the that is the most important thing because we volunteers aren't going to touch enough kids. We talked mm-hmm. about, we brag about having 150 kids involved in the program last year. We hope to have 300 involved this year. But 300 kids is insignificant for the city of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. We need thousands of parents to change their attitude about how they deal with their kids and to know that even if they think government is messing up, even if they think the leaders are not doing what they ought to do, that they have the power to change the lives of their children. I, that is the most important thing that can happen. That is what needs to happen. And these little programs like the one I'm involved in, which I love, I think it's great. I hope people support it. It won't change New Orleans unless parents change their attitude about their children. Uh, James and Noel, see, if we look at it, thank you for saying that, Noel, about the parents, because if the parents have to work, let's think about it. If the parents have to work two jobs uh, for their family can live in a decent area, uh, let's take away time from that child. If the parents have to uh, worry about that child. Uh, stay home. It don't work. I just work one job. Uh, they are not uh, bringing home enough finance to take care of that child. So you, we putting the parent uh, in a hard place. Uh, the, the parent need to have a job that makes uh, feasible finance, or or I want to say cost of living in this area. 
if that parent cannot have cost of living to take care of that child, what that child going to do? How that child going to get be financially stable? How that child going to get the clothes and the food that they need, the school supplies that they need? So the whole community need to work together for that parent can have a decent living for that child. Let, let, let me let me say this. I agree that, that many parents have tough jobs on their hands. And I agree this is an unfair world. We need to make it fair. And I agree that society as a whole has an obligation that is not discharging in many cases. But I don't agree that there's any parent out there who cannot do what they need to do for their child. They just need to understand that that is the most important thing. Uh, if, if they have to make a decision about whether or not the child gets a new pair of shoes or they stay home and make sure the child does the homework that night, I think that decision ought to be stay home and make sure the child does the homework. Now, that's a tough situation. People want things. They they. They, and I say they need things. Uh, I, many of us my age grew up in such poor environments that what people see as needs today, we would have thought was a, a outrageous luxury. Uh, yeah. Was a want. And, 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 and not, not saying that you all accept unfairness, not saying that society has discharged its obligation when it's not providing these things for kids. And when I talk about that beautiful high school at Port Gibson, society built that high school, not the parents. Uh, when I talk about the high school in Poinquepie Parish, the parish built that high school, not the parents. I mean, society has an obligation that I think we are falling short on in New Orleans. But I say it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. It's unfair. It's not right. But you can still save your kids Yes. If you make the effort, it, it, it may be hard, it may be terrible, but but you can save your kids most of the time. And some of us won't get saved. Uh, but I'd like we can I'd like to um, we're running out of time, but I'd like to make this offer, uh, James, to you and, and as well, Valerie, uh, to you as well. The next time you have your competition, uh, would you reach out? I'd like to, to have some of the kids come on the show. And, and, well, and talk, we, we and can talk. get some kids. Let me say this. We're working with kids already, and we can, you know, we can get some kids on the show. Uh, I, I will tell you something else and talk about society's role in all this. Last year, I told you we had 150 kids who showed up at UNO for the competition. We invited all of the press we knew about. Uh, that was the same day or so where a couple of kids hijacked the car and killed the lady. So mm-hmm. four kids hijacked the car and killed the lady, and the press spent all day and all night talking about that. We had 150 kids who had put in three or four months of preparation who came to work that day, and not a single member of the press made a mention of it, to our knowledge, despite repeated requests. Uh, that's part of where society is going wrong, uh, even as I, I say the parents can overcome that if they have to, but they shouldn't have to. That's why I spend so this time you, at 11 o'clock. Thank you. And, 
on Tuesday to talk about these successes because there are a lot of things going on in our communities that people don't realize, the sacrifices that people are making in their own lives to try and improve our community day in and day out. And James Gray and Valerie Jefferson definitely fall in that category. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us.